Hi, Diva. Sorry the episode's late. It's my fault. But enjoy. It's going to be a wonderful time. I talk about movies and my life and being a cunt. Bye. Tony Soto Show. Hello. Hit the slay button, faggot. And welcome back to the Tony Soto Show, hosted by me, Meatball. Baby, I just got back from San Francisco yesterday at 2. I did leave San Francisco at 7 a.m. It did take me a little bit longer to get... Uh, welcome back to the Tony Soto Show with me, Meatball. Tony, if you are unaware, is away writing a one-woman show. Um, but I guess recently they posted a TikTok saying that they are no longer writing the one-woman show because they are on strike as a writer. Um, so I guess we'll see. I know she takes striking very seriously. So I'm hosting. Um, I just got back from San Francisco yesterday. A wild time. I hosted my party, Fat Slut, in San Francisco. Um, we were supposed to have a very special Rue Girl join us, but they kept canceling and then re-wanting to do it and then canceling. And then literally two days before the event, we're like, okay, I'll come out and do it, but I have to have a first class ticket to and from San Francisco. And I also want to be paid $4,000. And to that, I say, that is absurd. The tickets, the first class ticket I did, you know, what's absurd is that I actually did look into paying for it. I was like, well, that would be kind of stunty, cunty, last minute, no warning, we get this girl, like, fresh off of her season. And um, the first class tickets that she wanted on the airline she wanted were, like, $2,500. So I wasn't about to spend $6,500 to get one number out of somebody that, you know, the last time I spent that much money on a queen, they really underperformed. It wasn't really worth it at the end of the night. Um, and my show was already sold out at that point. So I didn't need to. And so I didn't. But we did have an incredible lineup. I had Bitch Pudding there. I had Landon Sider, Vander Von Odd, all from Dragula. And then also I had the local divas that I'm obsessed with. Uh, the Queen Bitch of Drag Queen of the Year, Nikki Jizz was there. Winner, Beat Tony. Snacks was there. I think Snacks placed top three, I believe. Uh, and uh, then we had Beefcakes, Dulce de Leche, Mud the Two-Spirit, Pinche Queen, all the way from New York, Helixer of the local uh, drag king scene. And uh, that was a 10-person lineup. It, I was very nervous because they don't open doors at that club until 10 p.m. And if you know anything about my party, it starts at 10.30. I, the first act is up and running at 10.30 in L.A., and it's usually only four performers performers for a set. So I was very nervous. But at the end of the day, we still finished at 1.30 in the morning, and um, the drag icon and legend, Peaches Christ, if you know anything about drag, if you know anything about um, San Francisco drag, or just West Coast drag in general, Peaches Christ really did kind of start the alt-punk drag scene. Her and Hecklina worked together and built this uh, incredible scene. Hecklina then, you know, bought and owned Oasis for a while, sold it about two or three years. Maybe, no, sold it right in the middle of the pandemic and moved to Palm Springs. But she, 
they nurtured the drag scene there into what it is today, which is possibly one of the best drag scenes in America. You know, I got my top three favorite. It's Brooklyn, it's Chicago, and it's San Francisco. And L.A. is, to me, quite honestly, after being in San Francisco for so much of last month, pretty much I was in San Francisco more than I was in L.A. Um, it, it, the drag there is just different and it's just better <laughs> than L.A., I'd, I gotta say. They just pour their heart and soul into every minute of it. Like they have the stamina and energy of a baby queen where they just want to do too much. But they've been doing too much for so long that it's so refined that the art that they put together is so incredible. And like Dulce de Leche, I know a lot lot of people know about San Francisco drag, but Dulce de Leche is one of the greatest lip syncers. And like you gotta look her up. I think her Instagram is now sweet as milk, sweetest milk San Francisco. Uh, but if you just do Dulce de Leche, she'll probably come up. She's gorgeous. She's beautiful. She did Rose's turn, which is like my one of my favorite Broadway songs, and I was like crying by the end of it. I'm not gonna. Well, I am gonna stay here and pat myself on the back because I did a very good job and it was an incredible show. And I didn't even like register how good and amazing it was until like the next day. I was driving home and I was like, whoa, like nothing went wrong. Everything was super smooth. The club was like, this is the smoothest running drag show we've ever had here. Um, The people running sound lights, the stage cleanup crew, like I over prepared so that I could just kind of do the show and it ran on autopilot. I got to give also a special thanks, though, to Austin, um, who did come up and David Laugh and Rubella Spreads, who was DJing. I think that, and then, what is, it blows my mind, because, again, I thought no one was going to come. I was checking ticket sales up until the day before, but unfortunately, this time, I wasn't able to, usually, I'm able to, like, log in to the Eventbrite and, like, see. This time, my my neuroses was on full display for everybody, because I was texting two of the people at the club almost daily, being like, and what are the tickets at now? And then I'd make a post, and I'd be like, now, did it go up? Like, I'm sure it was so annoying, but when... When you are in charge of it and it's you've spent so much money on it, you really care. You got to care or what else? Who knows? The show was great. Peaches Christ at the end of it was she was like, I'm so honored that you asked me. And to hear like liter- a literal drag legend say that they were honored that I asked them to be a part of my night is crazy to me because I was like meek and being like whatever you need please thank you so much for being here and she was like it's fine calm down um and also she at the end of it was like you know what's so great about this party is that it's not it's 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 not crazy and like out of order and wild but it feels like an old school drag show it feels like everyone's like pouring their heart into it and then like it ends with a big giant mess that everyone can kind of feel a part of. And the thing about the San Francisco audience is they were like on it. Like I would start saying like, I, well, I was like, Oh my God, you are we, t-? I started talking about the wicked movie. And of course everyone in the audience just started screaming the wicked thing at me. And then I was like, Oh, what weird. Okay. So, and then we just did all of my catchphrases. I was like, okay, so you know that one, what are my other catchphrases? And people were literally like, hit the sleigh button faggot. And then we all did it together I don't know. There was something about that audience that felt like they were there to watch the show where sometimes at precinct feels like the audience. It's just a Friday night and it's wild and they're talking throughout it. But during the 
sexy food eating competition, they like we we booed together when someone was bad. We cheered when someone was good. We they were screaming, eat it, eat it when someone wouldn't eat um, what I called ham cake. Uh, which was actually just an eight-pound smoked ham that we iced and put sprinkles on. Ham cake. Uh, it did not look good, and all of the icing kind of slid off of it because as it was beginning to sweat, as iced meat does, the icing couldn't really grab onto anything, and it just got greasy. And the poor boy who had to fuck it didn't want to eat the ham or the cake. But he did. But he did. Also, right before the show started, I I packed up my car. So, yes, you know, I'm in that new car. I got an electric car. Not They're not made for long distances. And from here to San Francisco is kind of a bit of a road trip. I'd say it normally takes six hours if you are if you stop, like, once or twice. Uh, it took me seven hours to get there, slay, because I had to keep stopping to charge my car. But a lot of the chargers along the route just weren't working. And... Uh, or it would be like three of them weren't working, but one of them was. And all these people were like on the phone calling, trying to get get them to like reboot them. And I was like, Mama, it looks like the only option here is to either wait or possibly have your car die. So I it just, you know, there was a lot of waiting. I don't find that problem in L.A. If you have an electric car and you're just commuting around the city, I've, in the week I've had it, I guess it's only been like twice that I've had to charge it and I didn't even really need to I'd say one charge a week is probably fine if you care you don't care so I I forgot my wigs I packed everything in that car I packed the merch I pre-made the jellos and bought all the food and got a cooler and packed the cooler and kept adding ice even though I didn't need it everything stayed frozen which slay on me slay on me I am a genius I packed up all my stuff, my costumes, and I just left the wigs sitting on my sofa. And baby, at 9 a.m. or whatever, uh, my boyfriend texted me and he was like, hey, uh, I hope you're having a nice drive. And I looked in the backseat of the car and I was looking for the Afro wig and I was like, did I leave my wigs out? And he goes, oh, yeah, I thought you just kind of did that on purpose. I, you thought I did that on purpose? So um, I had to get two fresh wigs from Laundra Time. And if you know, or for wigs by tips, a very expensive wig lady, but she always has extras laying around and she laid me with some hair. I got my old school big poof. I got a couple of shags. You know, the thing about her is she's so nice and sweet and inviting, but she is a saleswoman and a witch first. And I want me and bitch putting walked into her house because bitch was picking up wigs. This is bitch's go to wig person. She was my go to wig person, but. Again, she's so talented and they're so expensive. And then it's also you got to ship them. And each wig that you buy comes in its own box. So you could be paying $400 in shipping for these giant wigs. Anyway, we go in there. I go grab the wig that she offered me. And the and then she gave me a second wig. She was like, this is a great Barbie wig because I've never worn a flat wig. But I did a fat slut San Francisco because she was like, this is the perfect wig for you. You have to take this one. And she gave it to me for free because I had bought the shag. Um, and then she was like, oh, and I also just have a couple of these laying around. And she just pulled a couple of perfectly designed wigs and she goes now this was for a different drag queen but it's not due until a week from now so if you want this one you can have it and I was like oh you know it's really pretty but I just don't and she goes why don't you put it on 
And I went, well, you know, I mean, we're in your house. You gave me water. You gave us a new tour. She just bought a house in the Castro. That's how much money she's making as a wig maker. And I was like, okay, yeah, I'll try it on. And I put it on. And before I even looked in the mirror, I just went, yeah, I'll just fucking buy it. Like her little witch magic worked on me. Her salesperson tactics worked on me. And so I walked out of there with a couple more wigs than I thought. But I think it was a good investment because I was able to put them in a bin and like travel them safely. Uh, all of them. So I kind of did save myself money, I guess. But also, I, I needed new wigs. I'm getting tired of the ones that I've been wearing, and they're all starting to kind of fall or get frizzy. My question is, it's like, how many wigs is a drag queen supposed to have? I know Delta Work is talking on her podcast. She just done a, she's just done a full year, and she's never repeated a wig. She has 52 different wigs at this point and she said there's still more in her storage unit how I, well she has a storage unit that's probably how because eventually i run out of space in in my drag room for more wigs i have currently i have like three giant shelves each one's able to hold about five or six and it's completely full and then underneath them i've started hanging like looser hair hanging them by the straps upside down but, like, how many wigs is a drag queen supposed to have? On my other podcast, we used to, rec like, let people view it on YouTube for free. Sorry. We would record them. We would videotape them? We would record them? We'd video record them? What do you call that? We'd film them. But it's... We would digitally record them and put them on YouTube? Who cares? We'd put them on YouTube, and eventually people were like, Meepaw needs to get new wigs. And I was like, well, one thing, we're at like a hundred of these, so how many wigs can a person own? I'm also not spending a million dollars on, like, hair all the time. And also, I think human hair is weird. I have one human hair wig. And, yeah, I know that sometimes where they get it from is, like, from not the most ethical ways, and it clearly can't be ethical if you're buying, like, cheap human hair wigs on Amazon that are, like, thin. I just want to know where that hair comes from. Because it's weird. It's someone else's hair on your head. And I know that there's, like, a weird disconnect because I think when most people think of a human hair wig, they think of, like, expensive first. Like, the first thought is dollar signs. But in my mind, when someone's like, oh, it's a human hair wig, I'm thinking of like, well, now who cut their hair to do that? And like, whose hair is it? How many different people's hair is it? How many times was it dyed and, and done all this? And like, where did it come from? Why, when you get it, does it smell like Cheetos? How many chemicals are in it? What, whose hair is it? Like, who, whose hair? I would see, I would buy a human hair wig if I could like follow the journey of like, Jessica shaving her head and donating her hair to me getting a wig or selling me her hair off of her head where it's like an exchange where I'm like, thank you. Here's this. And I thank you. I've taken these and I'll go get um, go wig or go home to hand not me a 360 lace. Get you a go wig or go home. Tony Soto Show. And we're back. 
hit the slay button, faggot. Oh, I was talking about forgetting someone's name. So I pointed at the person. And I said, Austin, this is. And then I just held my hand there and I was like, wow, you've really gotten yourself in a fucking predicament because you forgot that their name is Abby. And you're standing here and your hand is extended towards them. And so I just shut down. I just looked at the floor and went, I don't know your name. And she went, yeah, that's embarrassing, huh? And I went, yeah. And she was like, it's Abby. And I went, "Mm, thank you. What do you do when you forget people's names? Or in my case, also their faces. A lot of drag queens after we've met or worked together will come up to me out of drag. Or even in drag a second time. And be like, we work together at this event on this day. And I'm like, I do remember that event. And I remember you then. But just your face, unfortunately, I have what Jinx Monsoon has described as drag blindness. It's the inability to see past someone's uh, face out of drag and an inability to recognize them in drag. Some might call it forgetfulness. I call it drag blindness. Um, some queens, you'll never forget their face. Some queens have such distinct features that you can't. Uh, for instance, Tony. You're never going to see a girl wearing an icy lips, lip like that, you know? Only Tony will be in a nice pink, icy, cold, glossy lip. Those little tiny, those, those thin lips. Smacking together. Thinner than an envelope turned sideways. You know what I mean? Like if, you t- if you're holding an envelope and you're looking at it and you're reading your address and then you just kind of tilt it just a little bit with the back open. You're looking at the back and you tilt it and it's a thin, flat piece of 2D, really. I want to get my lips done. I look at Naomi Smalls' mouth and I'm like, it's perfect. There's nothing that you can do different than this. But then I also look at a lot of like, here's the thing. I want Juvederm to be around for about four or five more years before I start injecting it into my face. Because you hear all these horror stories of it like moving or people getting too much lip filler. And then it starts filling in the area above the lip and... I don't see it a a lot. Well, I only really see it on white people, but there's like a the delineation line between where the pink of your lip stops and your skin begins on a lot of white people. Most of you probably uh, there's like a white line in between the two. You know what I mean? Like it makes uh, when you start looking for it, you'll see it. it happens a lot on gingers. And when you get when that that type of skin tone color combination also tries to overfill their lips and that line becomes filled in. It's all I can stare at. It's truly all I can stare at. Uh, All I can see is that. And then I like just stare at the texture of your lip. Because it looks like it's about to pop, but also is too full from the inside. Do you know what I'm talking about? So you'll get the, you'll get it. Imagine it like kind of going, if you had like a little mustache peach fuzz, imagine it going past where the peach fuzz is. Trisha Paytas. Look at, look at a picture of Trisha Paytas. No makeup, no lipstick, no lip liner on. There's that white line around it. 
and it almost looks like a crusty the crown clown like it's not milk mustachey but you'll see it and you'll know it and you'll question it i had recently been speaking about how i think that taking ozempic is just giving yourself a, an eating disorder unless you do the work unless you're getting like a trainer or you're l- learning about you're educating yourself on like food and all that and what that means to eat healthier I guess then you're just giving yourself an eating disorder because you're just going to keep giving yourself more and more anyway I kind of got into a fight with like a very huge podcaster who's been very open about their their use of Ozempic and saying that and defending it because recently there's been a lot of claims made that it's causing people's stomachs to paralyze now I don't know what that means and I'm not going to look it up I don't know what it means but what I do know is that it sounds bad and it's happening to a lot of people now is it because they're just they just stop eating and their stomach forgets how to do that or is it something that the drug is physically causing to happen you know is it a side effect of using the drug in that your body is kind of you should be feeding it and it sh- your stomach should get used to like expanding and closing but people just aren't or is there something in the drug that is causing the paralyzation does that make sense does that question make sense because is it like that it, could it be that if someone who i don't know like i don't Say anorexia. Say someone just stops. Well, that's not really anorexia. But if I were to just stop eating, which I kind of have, or changed my diet drastically immediately and things made me gag all the time, would that cause stomach paralyzation? Either way, I don't know. But he's saying that the the amount of stomach paralyzation cases is so low that it it can't be traced to the drug. It could just be like such a minimal thing that he's not worried about it, but he has been upping his doses. And also he kind of half admitted on his podcast to like double dosing. Like after he leaves the doctor's office, he like also gets it through the mail or some other way. And he'll give himself an extra five milligrams of it. So now it's becoming, it's like, okay, so now you're just doing a ton of it. So, I commented on the on the post where he's just like, oh, baby, I'm on it. And I just keep upping it. And I commented on that post and I was like, you're just admitting to giving yourself an eating disorder. You are saying that you're not working out. You're saying that you're just taking it for the weight loss. Well, I didn't say all that. I, all I wrote was you're just giving yourself an eating disorder. And he got into my DMs so fast. And I don't follow him. It was just something that came up in my For You page and I shouldn't have responded. But sometimes you're bored and high. He got in my DMs, starting going back and forth with me over it. Well, I guess I'd have to be giving it back to go back and forth. But he was just going at me, talking about how, like, I have no idea what I'm talking about. And he's getting it from a doctor. So he is doing it the right way. It can't be an eating disorder if a doctor prescribes it. All this stuff. And, like, I need to learn before I start judging people. And I was just like, you know what? You know what? Why? What? why i'm not going to respond i just think it's so interesting it's like maybe he does have a point and i shouldn't have said anything but i feel like there's like a in five or six years from now there's going to be a lot of other stuff that comes out about this because it is a drug for people with diabetes not just for anyone to use don't you show, don't show.
you know how I like to fight. I told y'all how I started it up with uh, with the car dealership. Um, the hotel in San Francisco, we got to do better, San Francisco. One, am I going to do this? I'm going to do it. Because it feels like I... I feel like I can say this because I've been to San Francisco so many times. I used to fly up there literally monthly to do a show and stay for about a week. Uh, when me and Michael first started dating, he lived in San Francisco and I lived down here. I would fly out to San Francisco and we'd hang out up there for about a week at a time. S uh, throughout the pandemic, I stopped going. Um, as I said, this last month, I've been there for more days than I have been in L.A., so... I've kind of been all over the city. I rode scooters. I rode those little electric bikes all over. I got on the Rebel Revel scooters, which are like motorized moped Vespas that you can drive around with the app. It's fun. Um, I just saw the city, and I, ca I was going to all my old favorite places, and it just – a lot of people are saying San Francisco is in disarray, and crime is up, and the homeless is up unhoused uh, I believe is what we say and I I don't understand why because it's such an expense and it is it looked to me visibly where I was traveling it did look like the numbers had gone up I don't know about the crime but the mall like a lot of closed stores um, just the streets kind of smelled But it still had all the San Francisco charm, and it's only in specific areas. Like, kind of like it kind of felt like downtown LA in certain parts. Um, and I, and I guess it was up, but it wasn't as bad as, as I had heard. But um, I'm just gonna cut all that out. Crime was up. Times of a change. I never felt unsafe. I did feel weird driving my car up there and like having my brand new car up there. And like once I parked it at the hotel. Oh, the hotel. The hotel was playing games because we were down in an area that I'd say was pretty nice. We were like across the street from a Target. Uh, there was a movie theater right there. We went over. There's a, a Trader Joe's. There was a Whole Food. The mall was right there. Like I went and bought a jacket, which y'all. I, I believe it. I got it at H&M. The sizes at H&M run huge. I am normally a, a double XL. I was able to slide in or a triple XL at, uh, at uh, most places. Two XL at Adidas. And Adidas fits me great. They make the room for where I need it, which is my love handles. Uh, even as I'm getting slimmer now. Hey, everyone, I'm down 20 pounds. Or 25? Wait. 80. I'm down 30 pounds, I guess. Um. No, 25. Either way, I'm down. My love handles, I'm wide in the middle. And Adidas really cares for that. And so does H&M. So if you're a little thicker, H&M makes you feel thin. Because I was in an extra large. And then I ended up buying the jacket that I got because it was so cold in San Francisco in a large. And it fit great. Fits perfect, baby. So the hotel... While we were staying there, it was absurdly expensive and they were being very difficult um, because I had I had rented three rooms and they were all under my name. And before I got there, I was like, let me call ahead and make sure that all of these rooms are under the correct names because I don't want people to not be able to let, get let in their room. That was an hour and 45 minute process. 
Why? I don't know. But I had to talk to two managers um, just to get the names changed on the room, which shouldn't be something that was difficult. It's This is also a very high, not a high end, but like a well-known hotel chain. It should be a clickety clack on the buttons. Um, when I went to go check in, took me about 45 minutes to check in. There was only two people ahead of me. What is happening at hotels? But the whole time I was staying there, I, I get alerts on my Amex when I'm traveling because, and especially when I, I have three rooms on there, I'm trying to keep an eye on where all the money is going. And I would be just throughout the day, randomly from the Marriott, would just be getting $20 charges, $66 charges, $7 charges, $50 charge, $22, like but just from the beginning of the morning to the end. And so I called and I was like, what is going on? Because, of course, they wouldn't let us, you know, check in and stay and then pay after you leave like most hotels do. Uh, they wanted everything up front and they were just charging random stuff. And I asked them and they go, well, don't worry about that. The only thing that matters is the charge at the end. So a lot of that's just going to go away. And I asked the front desk person, like, but Why? And at this point, I wasn't even I was satisfied with the answer of a lot of it's going to go away. But I was unsatisfied with the answer to why, because at that point, I, I wanted to be educated. I needed to know, like, what the thought process was in their business practice to just consistently over and over throughout the day, six or seven times, just charge random twenty dollar amounts. And leave them pending and then be like, oh, in three to four business days, those will all go away and your final receipt will be in. Is, does anyone work in a hotel that can explain that to me? Because every other hotel stay I've ever literally had, you get there, you check in, you go to your room. Sometimes you do pay for the room up front, but then that's it. There's no like added fees that just keep rolling in throughout the day. And so I finally called and asked him and he was like, well, there's this fee. There's this fee. There's the pet cleaning fee. And I went, I'm sorry. I'm going to stop you right there because, oh, yeah. Also, this hotel gets you, girl. They get you. Don't stay there because not only on top of the room rate that you're paying, they also charge you twenty five extra dollars a day per person staying in the room as a resort fee. And then. Twelve fifty a day as a um, I got to look it up, but it was like something like a, a travel fee, like a San Francisco travel fee. Um, on top of everything, and then they tax those. So all these random charges that I were getting w was like fifty dollars for the um, for the resort fee and then twenty two dollars for the San Francisco stay and then nine dollars for the tax on the stay and then twenty dollars for the tax on the resort fee and then this and this and this. By the end of it, what was supposed to be I'm not going to I mean, I'm already saying the numbers, but it was wild. It was absolutely insane. It doesn't make sense. I want to stay at a hotel where you walk in and the price put out in front of you is what you pay. And then you get to rest your little head down like a baby and sleep. And then you get up and leave. Another wild thing was they knocked on the door for, for cleaning our room. And me and Bitch Pudding were – we had to share rooms because this party is fucking expensive. And San Francisco is absolutely insane. $500 a night for a hotel room. Literally slit my wrists. Um, I – we both screamed, no, because Bitch was, like, in her underwear in the bed. 
And we were like, no, no, thank you. And she proceeds to open the door anyway. Like there was no way that she couldn't hear us because the entire day beforehand, I heard a little child filming TikToks in the hallway and he was giggling like a fucking nightmare. And it was happening over and over and over and over and over and over and over again to the point where I thought it was haunted until I finally opened the door and I was like, can you take that down by the ice machine? And he like was like, oh, I'm so sorry. Um, anyway, she, I know she heard us and she proceeds to open the door and step in. And I was like, no, we're fine. We actually don't need you to come in here and clean at all today. And she was like, okay, well, I'm good. I'm good. And then she goes, uh, let me just get the towels. And I went, we're fine. We'll, we'll take care of everything. Just we're good. And she was like, well, okay. And then she proceeds to uh, jam the door open and go into the bathroom and start cleaning. And I kept being like, no, we're good. Please don't. No. And bitch was just sitting in bed, like covering her body, trying to like be on her computer. When I came and I told her, I was like, you don't need to come back today. And she was like, okay, I won't come back. When I came back to the room after we had gone to pick up the wigs, they had fully come into the room and cleaned it, moved all of our stuff, like moved my suitcase to the floor, moved bitch's computer around. And I was like, we specifically said no. So they charged us $125 for a pet cleaning fee on um, a different room. And so when I called, I was like, what is the pet cleaning fee? We didn't have any pets. He goes like, well, apparently one of the housekeepers said they saw an animal. And I was like, they might have seen a wig, but it wasn't a pet. They might have seen a brand new fresh wig. Oh, no, that wasn't even in there. I don't know what they saw, but it, that hotel was a scam. And I just want to know why they do that. Why can't well, I know why? Because they want to make more money. But uh, just be up front. People will still stay there. It's a pretty good location. There's restaurants all around it. But girl. I'll get on the phone and yell. I really will. Let's take a break. Tony Soto Show. And we're back. Hit the button of slay. Hit the button in the key of slay. Uh, I got Beyonce tickets. We're going. I bought them from somebody else. And now I'm having a bit of bias remorse. Because I don't really know what my view is going to be. I know we're down on the floor. But we are at the. But I, we were smart. Well, the person who bought them was smart. And they put themselves at the back of the floor so you can still see the whole stage and not just the screens but now i'm kind of a little bit nervous about being floor level and not being like maybe like first row of the balcony like level one first row where we're just kind of eye level with everything but it's kind of too late well it's not too late to buy more tickets but it might be too hard for me to sell these tickets so if you if you want to Two good floor seats. They are expensive. They are good seats. The visibility is good. I've kind of gone on TikTok and like watched people in the same general area um, talking about their experience and being down on the floor. And you stand pretty much the whole time and then you sit during the breaks like any other show. Why am I being a dummy? Um, I just want to know. I just kind of maybe don't maybe want to be up. Maybe I do. So if you want two Beyonce tickets for September 1st, I have them. Or if you know someone that wants them, I will sell them at a discounted rate. Um, I'll take like $100 off of each one of them. They're good seats. Great seats. The person who got them just couldn't go because uh, they had to work 
and they live in San Francisco, so they, they can't fly down for it anymore. So I just took them from them when I was in San Francisco, and I was like, perfect, I'll, me and my boyfriend will go. So I'm still going to go and use these seats if I don't sell them. But, man, I'm so excited. And everyone's turning looks. Like, I'm text talking to my friend right now, and he's really going in on Luke's, like, searching, having things screen printed, making all this stuff. And I was like, fuck, I feel like if I'm going to go, I should maybe turn some sort of look. But I don't want to go in drag. No offense to those who have, but um, it just seems uncomfortable. And just to have Beyonce look at you and be like, yes, queen, slay, which is, I mean, if that's what you need, do it. I've already met Beyonce and she told me and I was in drag and she told me I was beautiful and then I dropped my glass and Jay-Z kind of looked at me weird and then they walked away. So, like, I've had my moment with my mother, Beyonce, and we're both Houston girlies. Um, so, I don't need all that. Also, I don't want to be uncomfortable. But I am thinking in Washington, D.C., she just wore this beautiful gold skirt and, like, crop top combo that I thought, like, oh, I could do boy version of that. And just and it's gold sequins and it has a bunch of feathers Um they look like, I'd say camel is the color, ostrich feathers on the big circular cut sleeve. And I was like, oh, I could make like a boy version of that. Just like a low cut gold sequin outfit with like uh, with gold shorts, a black belt or no, a camel belt. And like just do something that she would wear. But the thing is, is I want to I want to know what she's wearing that night, because if I'm going to make an outfit, I'd like it to kind of look like something she was wearing. But she, since she's been back in America, has basically been changing her looks up almost every concert. Busting out new ones, taking those little Instagram reel or the Instagram photos. She does the carousels. Oh, she is mother. Also, I'm excited to see Blue Ivy perform. Sometimes she seems like she's really in it and sometimes she seems like I don't want to do this. And all I can think is like, it's, it's her punishment if she's misbehaving or, like, being a problem or a little brat. Like, oh, well, don't worry, Blue, you're not dancing tonight. And then there's, like, a whole separate routine that they rehearse without her. Or is she in it every single, every single city now? Can you also imagine, like, your name is Blue Ivy. Your Beyonce is your mom. You won a Grammy when you were a child. And now you are literally, I heard that... Beyonce is paying her as a dancer. So she's like actually working. Beyonce is turning into her father. And I think that that's something that she never wanted to do. She is Matthew Knowlesing it. She's making sure that she can dance. Maybe she's even teaching her to sing. Do you hear the old videos of when Destiny's Child were kids and Matthew would train them and he would make them run for like five miles and make them sing at the same time the whole time run on treadmills and sing full volume full belt this is shit that girls the poppy divas today can't do i mean dua lipa dua lupa dua lipa dua lipa dua you ever say something so many times it stops even being a word dua it's dua lipa I feel like she was an industry plant. You know what I mean? Like, she kind of came out of nowhere and couldn't dance, couldn't really do anything. She's got a good voice. But there's nothing... I don't find her to be, like... I'm not magnetically drawn to her. She just is the voice of a bunch of good songs that other people write for her. 
she would never like Beyonce can do what she does. She can't do what Beyonce does. You know what I mean? Like Beyonce has been out here training since she was a child. Do a leap, do a peep. Adele Dazim. She uh, she couldn't even dance up until like a year ago. And even that's questionable. Also, I don't know what it is, but if you watch the Barbie movie, I love that big dance sequence. But I was like, there had to be better takes of this, right? These can't be the best options. These were just the best ones with everyone's face smiling towards the camera. Uh, not that I'm a like a choreographed dancer type that could do any better, but it looked a little too not together but also it's a big dance scene it's just like when you think of big dance scenes like that i think of like singing in the rain like that was kind of like you know they wouldn't they would do those dances over and over and over and over and over until it was perfect no one out of sync no one's head was in the wrong spot no one was you know what i mean like they just and they didn't fuck up and in this one it's like you could kind of see a couple people missing a step here or there not that you shouldn't but it's just like in a movie, shouldn't it be perfect? Like 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 the Matilda movie. That's a recent movie with a big dance scene. I know these are actors, not dancers. So it's kind of asking a lot, but maybe cut it to a close up, but a difficult part. Is that am I asking too much? I mean it was supposed to be a perfect dance party in the perfect Barbie world. What is going on with Lizzo? We'll be right back after this break. This might be a long episode or I might edit a bunch of stuff out. Tony Soto Show. And we're back. Here's what's up. Lizzo's in trouble. And I don't know who to... It's not who to believe because it's clear that there is truth to everything that's being said. As someone who openly called out people for bad behavior and literally was called a liar for telling the truth. I understand how these dancers feel because they go on these interviews where they're like, well, Lizzo just didn't want to work with us because we weren't a good time. And like things like that. It's like, I don't think they're being represented well because some of the stories, if true, which I do want to, I do believe there is truth in this. I've heard stuff about Lizzo before. Not truly unkind stuff, just like diva behavior. And she did that one thing very openly one time where, like, her Uber Eats delivery driver couldn't get into her building and she wasn't answering her phone. So he, like, ha like had to leave the food out there or just left or something. And she fucking put this man's Uber, his photo, his name his uh uber like car like license plate stuff on on twitter and was like this guy just took my food like how dare he and it's like that's a wild move like putting some like your food didn't come call customer service and be a cunt call the restaurant call uber eats call do something like that but don't take it to twitter and I'm a victim of that, too. I've done it before, too. But she's an, a, a different level of... She's a celebrity. She is a famous human being. But let's get into it. Her... The weight checks. That sounds wild. Talking about other people's weight, the way she seemed to do it, seems wild. But why can't she get away with it, and I can, when I, at my party, walk in and I'm like, where are my fats? 
Come here, you fat bitches. Is it because I'm doing it in an endearing way? Or is it bad that I'm doing it? I know a lot of people don't promote the party as is because they don't like the poster saying fat slut on it. But there's nothing I can really do about that because it's your... I'm not calling you fat. I'm fat. I'm the fat slut. I, do I have to remind you the party is about me? Everyone else is just allowed to be there. But it's about me. End of day. End of list. She also apparently forced them to eat bananas out of a sex worker. Or no, sorry. We don't know if they're a sex worker. They are a nightclub performer who would put bananas in their vagina. And Lizzo would force them to eat it. Also, there's talk that her dance captain was uber religious and tried to convert all of them to Christianity. Which is wild. Rumors of... Lizzo commenting on other people's weight, but I don't know the context. I haven't heard a lot of great stuff about Lizzo behind the scenes, to be completely honest. And I don't want it to be true, but I, cause I love Lizzo and I love performing her music, but it's like, what is going on at, on, at the house of Lizzo? Cause I've heard that she hates fat people. I've heard her, I've heard from people that she literally is like fat people disgust me. I'm going to bleep that out. Well, that kind of brings us to the end of this. Thank you if you are a San Francisco in and you came out to Fats at San Francisco. We really sold out. And oh, we were a little over capacity. But uh, thank you for coming. Thank you for everyone who was a part of it. If you want to come to Fat Slut Los Angeles, our next one is going to be on Friday, August 18th. We have a star-studded cast. We have Fina Barbital, the, the hair witch herself. Well, the hair diva herself. Washington Heights all the way from Wa- Wa- Washington, D.C.? No, Baltimore. They're from Baltimore. We have Kyra Jete, a fat slut favorite, and Amber St. James, who's visiting from San Diego. We'll also have Alexa Cameron again. This is going to be her second time, and Barbara Wire will be there. Now, there is going to be a very special guest. It It's going to be Juno Birch. From the UK. She's in town that night performing at the Ace Theater. And I will be opening the show for her. So we're doing a little trade-off. I'm going to go open her show and head on over to Fat Slut. And uh, she's going to come close out our show. So come watch Juno Birch. Get there early. And we're going to have more t-shirts for sale. Thank you all so much for listening. Oh, if you are in New York City on September 22nd, we'll be doing a Sloppy Seconds live show at the Sultan Room. It's me and Big Dipper. Uh, A lot of the tickets are already sold out, but keep an eye on it. We might. Or a lot of the tickets are already sold. I think it's like a kind of a smaller room. It's like 200, 300. So if we do sell out. There's a possibility that we will do a second show right after. So if they are sold out, keep an eye out or listen up. There might be a second show. But we need to sell out of the first one before we start doing two-seaters. You know what I mean? Diva faggots. Also, if you are in Palm Springs on August 26th, me and Dipper will be doing a Fat Slut Live... Or no, a Sloppy Seconds Live show at... CCBC, the Clothing Optional Sex Resort. You can go on and get tickets to that at westernexposure.com. Western spelled normal, exposure spelled with just an X. Posure, you know what I mean? X-P-O-S-U-R-E dot com. 
come get tickets to Poolside Pleasures. It's going to be a wonderful time. And then you have the option. You can get a you can stay at the hotel on campus uh, with us. We'll be there the whole weekend kind of hanging out and partying by the pool. Or you can just get tickets uh, for a one day pass to come in, come see the show, hang out in the pool, get in the hot tub, walk around, go to the barracks in the back. They're air conditioned now and just suck so much cock and dick and balls. Um, there's also hotels all around that are maybe, I think probably a little bit cheaper, but I would stay at CCBC. It's a wonderful time. There's two pools. It's uh, you do not have to be naked. It's clothing optional and nothing sexual happens out and about around the pools. There's designated areas just for cleanliness. So come on out. Come join the Bear Stew. It's also going to be Western Exposure's foam party weekend that weekend. So there's a DJ. They let all the foam out. It's not in the pool because I was like, oh, my God, if there's foam on the water, won't we die? Uh, It's all next to the pool. It's going to be wonderful. We're going to have a wonderful time. I just got a haircut today. And that woman, I was in, I got in, started at 3.30. I was out by 3.40. I've never had a 20-minute haircut. She, while was cutting my hair, was complaining about other people coming in early because she feels rushed. And I went, you know, you don't got to rush it. Please, you you can take your time because, like, they're early. And she was like, I know. It just get, it, it gives me anxiety. And now my hair is uneven. And I have a music, I have a, sh- I have a thing that I'm shooting tomorrow. And I'm going to look insane for it. Thoughts? That dance the, dance the night? I thought it was dance all night. It's dance the night. The Dua Lipa song is good. She's a terrible actress. She had two lines. Hi, Barbie. Bye, Barbie. You think she could do better. Goodbye. I'm not going to see Oppenheimer. I don't care about white men unless they're fucking me. 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 Me.